We love our devices. We sell, we buy, we socialize, and we communicate on them. We rely so heavily on our screens that they have changed our lives. To some people, they are the first thing they look at in the morning and the last thing they look at at night. But we have little understanding of what is actually happening behind that screen. See, security is the key to protecting your stuff. What security am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about the basics of security requirements for protecting yourself and your organization. Cybersecurity can be complex, intensive, and time-consuming. In the digital world, if you do not know what you need to do to protect your business, then you are just a target. A limited understanding of how, what, and why the cyber criminal is targeting you is just an invitation. On the other hand, not doing anything just increases your chances of being a victim. No one wants to be a target in a cyber event. A cyber event, any cyber event, will impact revenue, capability, reputation, and your business brand. The reason we think we are not a target is we are often uneducated, misinformed, or ignorant of the criminal's capabilities. Like everything else, we rely on our mates from the weekend barbecue or down the pub more than the experts in the field. We fail to understand the issues. Most think a criminal has to be specifically targeting them. They don't. We think that it is personal. It's not. In most cases, we are just victims of random attacks, a random attack generated by an automated system. Let's change that thinking. Let's learn some basics. Let's implement some simple strategies for both home and your business. Let's educate you in some of the realities of the cyber realm. With a better understanding of cyber issues, we have a better chance of not being a victim. I am no, in no way saying that people are stupid. What I am saying is that we all need to be better informed on the capabilities and skills, yes, they are skilled, of the cyber criminal. Sit back and watch and listen to what Roger has to say in this episode. So in the first two episodes of Need Help Ask Roger podcast, we focused on passwords, have to be unique, have to be complex of more than 12 characters. Or if that's way too hard, get yourself a password manager. We also knew that the account credentials could be stolen. We've seen this in a number of places. So we needed some additional security. And that's when we introduced two-factor authentication or multi-factor authentication. So we have now three components of security and securing your account. The first one is username, who you are. The second one is password, what you know. And the third one is two-factor or multi-factor authentication is what you have. So that's an SMS to your phone, that number that you get out of your authenticator app, or it's a, a dongle that you press a button, read the number, which is associated with your accounts. It doesn't really matter how it's been set up, but you now have this third layer of security. So first, first one, username, password, and then this third layer. So if you needed access to data, you needed some of these systems in place. But um, the bad guys have been using this capability to steal credentials. But the trouble is you don't necessarily need credentials to be stolen to hack into a system. So there are other ways. And one of the best ways is to target vulnerabilities. Now, crash course in hacking. There are two things that you need to hack into a digital device. 
One is you need a user. Now, that, that user doesn't have to be a, a super user. It can be a normal user. It can be a system account. Um, it can be uh, anonymous uh, a user that is used for website access. It has to be a user. The second component of these uh, of being able to hack into a system is what we call a shell. Now, a shell is literally an environment on my target machine that when I type information into my keyboard, that information is going to be actioned on the target machine. Now, if I have both of those, I can hack into a system. If I have one of them, I then have to work really, really hard to get the second part. So if I'm missing my shell, I have to work out how I'm going to get my shell. When it comes to vulnerabilities, what we are seeing when we're hacking into a system is the exploit of a vulnerability, either through a piece of malware or a piece of targeted attack or that capability to get either or and both of those user names or users and my shell. I mentioned quickly there that all of this stuff is targeting vulnerabilities. Now, vulnerabilities are literally holes in systems that are used to exploit those systems as, you, as we go forward. We need to find a way of managing these vulnerabilities so that the exploits don't have that uh, impact on our system. So when it comes to vulnerabilities, we've actually come up with, and I will cover this later in another episode, but um, we needed a scale to work out how dangerous a vulnerability is. If it's down, we have a scale of one to 10. If it's a, a zero to one, it's uh, maybe there's information that can be gained out of the system, but there's not much else that is going to cause a problem. All the way up to nines and tens, where nines and tens will get me my shell and my user. So that is really important. But we also needed a system so that all of the uh, security companies, organizations could be on the same page and talking about the same problem. So we have a way of doing that. And as I said, I'll, we'll cover vulnerabilities later on in another episode. So vulnerabilities are really a big problem because if you think about it, they are um, created just by the utilization of the, the devices that we use in the digital world. Now, malware Worms, viruses are used to target these vulnerabilities. And those vulnerabilities can be on applications, they can be op operating systems. So we need to find a way of stopping people getting into these systems and making sure that the systems are as secure and safe as possible. So this episode, let's focus on patching. So patching, updates, and why we need them. So a little history. There's been a, a huge number of attacks, but I'd like to narrow it down to two. 2018, we saw what was called the Eternal Blue um, hack. Now, Eternal Blue was about six or seven vulnerabilities that were not known to Microsoft that have been collected by the uh, uh, NSA and were being used to target people that they were interested in. When that information was stolen by um, shadow brokers, they released it to the internet, and we had this huge impact on Windows XP. Now, Windows XP at the time was going through that retirement process. There were no more updates coming forward, and people were expected to move to um, Windows 7, Windows 10, which is all great, 
The trouble is, because this eternal blue came out and the, the vulnerabilities that were uh, uh, created or known and uh, the exploits that were available, Microsoft actually turned around and did a specific update to handle the eternal blue. Now, eternal blue is what caused the NHS in England $2 billion worth of problems. So as you can see, when it comes to vulnerabilities, we have major problems with them. The second one I want to bring up is another one called is, is one called Code Red. Now, Code Red was a, uh, a vulnerability that was targeting or was discovered in Microsoft SQL system. And what it allowed them, uh, an attacker to do was shut down the system. Now, the reason why I want to explain this is, yes, we have a vulnerability. And it was this discovered vulnerability and Microsoft knew about it and they actually released a patch to stop this vulnerability being exploited. But in code red situations, a large number of the IT industry looked at this and said, we won't worry about it. So yes, there was a vulnerability. Yes, it had been patched. Yes, it hadn't been applied, which means that the vulnerability is still a vulnerability. And until you actually update it or patch it, it is then not, it's still a problem that we have to look at. And the last one I want to bring up is Target. It's still in the same vein. So Target in 2014, they were hacked. They were hacked in such a way that there was a vulnerability in the card reader software that allowed an attacker to extract the information when you swiped a card in plain text and send it to somewhere else before it was encrypted. Now, in 2014, October, November is when this attack happened. But the organization that came up with the software that actually ran the credit card facilities had actually released an update in June. And Target had not applied it, which means that everybody who used their cards in October, November before they did apply it, had all of that information stolen. So as you can see, Vulnerabilities are one of the biggest problems we've got, but it's also the attitude that we have to fixing the problem that these things create. So we need a reason to update. Well, we don't, because a vulnerability is a problem that is going to cause the problems going forward. But when it comes to updating vulnerabilities, there is a number of things that we need to look at. So we can update it to remove a vulnerability from a system. And by removing that vulnerability, the malware or the virus or the uh, worm that has been uh, created or targets that vulnerability is literally now going to hit the patch and bounce off. So it's not going to get that foothold. In some cases, when we patch and update systems, we get additional functionality or they remove functionality because they can't fix it. So they have to actually remove that block of code from the, on the, from the application or the operating system so it can't be used or can't be targeted. Now, what we're really worried about is protecting our data. As much data as we can, make sure that other people haven't got access to that information. Now, there are going to be other episodes on things like uh, confidentiality, integrity and uh, availability. So the CIA triad. There's also going to be information about what we need to do in the risk management space, which is what this is all about. Because we need to protect our data, the risks are there, and what we're doing by patching the system is reducing those risks as much as possible. The other thing about it is if we get a compromised system, so we have an exploit that targets a vulnerability, they get onto your system, 
Now you are a problem to everybody else on the planet because they can use your system to target other people. So again, the reason why we're doing this and the reason why we're using patching as a, uh, a system to protect ourselves literally means that a researcher or the people who make the software can actually find that this thing can be exploited and then come up with a solution so it stops it being exploited. The bad guys, on the other hand, are finding these exploits. They're not telling anybody. They're developing attacks using exploit systems and then delivering that to everybody on the, on, in, in the digital world. When we're patching things, we are repairing vulnerabilities. We're updating software. We're replacing code. We can remove chunks of code, put other chunks in. The thing about mal uh, vulnerabilities in, and the patching process is to remove the chance of a piece of software gaining a foothold on a system. And that includes mobile phones, that includes smart devices, that includes laptops, servers, websites, anything along those lines. So by doing this, we're stopping exports. We're st making it so hard for the attacker to gain access to a system that they will go and target someone else. And that's probably the best way you're going to look at this. The reason why we want to do this as a business is we want to minimize downtime. We want to make sure that if we've got insurance, the insurance is going to pay out if something does happen. We're going to look at uh, it allows us to actually have compliance and governance components in place that are going to have that requirement that all the systems need to be patched. There's a number of ways we can protect our systems when it comes to patching. One of them is we can use best practice. We can come up with a way that we want to apply systems uh, updates to our system. We can uh, put a policy in place. We can put procedures in place. We can make sure that the process is in place that allows us to do it. We can also use automated systems, so patch management systems. And those patch management systems are inside the system and they then say, well, when uh, Microsoft patches on the second Tuesday of each month, we're going to download them. We're going to check them to make sure they're against all the things on the system. Then we're going to press a button and we're going to force them out to everybody else on the planet. So there are two areas that we need to look at, operating system patching and also application patching. Operating system patching, everything has an operating system. So that's uh, computers, that's laptops, that's smart devices, Internet of Things devices, cloud-based systems. So all of those wonderful services that we use on the internet. Uh, this, the websites that we put together and upload and put out there so everybody can come to our site. There are router operating systems. There are switch operating systems. So everything that we have a digital component has some sort of operating system. And that can be... Uh, Android, it can be Apple, it can be a Cisco operating system, it can be a FortiGate operating system. Every one of them is an operating system that has vulnerabilities and they are discovered regularly. When it comes to patching, we need to come up with a strategy that allows us to patch as regularly as possible. As I said, Microsoft releases their uh, updates uh, every second Tuesday of each month. So it's up to us to look at them, test them, do whatever we need to do, but roll them out within 30 days. Um, you need to have a look at your website. And again, uh, not only have you got to worry about the operating system underneath it, so you're having your, uh, your website hosted, they should be looking after the patching of that system, and they do do it regularly. It's a Linux-based system, and that still updates as it needs to be. 
but there's also your component on that environment as well. And that's the website that's uh, int introducing uh, content management systems. So things like WordPress. Now WordPress is updated regularly. It has plugins, they are updated regularly. The trouble is in most cases, you have to visit the website re regularly to actually apply those to the system. And it needs to be done by either a super user or an administrator or a power user to allow that to happen. The thing is, you need to get into the habit of doing that because if your website gets infected and you've got a couple of thousand people visiting your website re regularly per month, then every one of those person, people who visit your website are going to be infected by the malware that has been on your system. And that then becomes a problem. Your reputation goes down. People do not go, go to your website. If Google finds out about it, it'll remove you from search results. So it's in your best interest to do this and make sure that you are protected as much as possible. Applications are a little bit different. Applications including Java, Adobe, vendor-based apps, those ones that come installed on your um, laptop when you buy it from a box store, all of those need to have a regular process of updates as well. Now you can do it in two ways. Uh, when it comes to an application, for instance, if you're using an application regularly or you use it two or three times a month and you open it up, and it comes up and says there's updates because most of these applications, the first thing they do, and don't turn it off because you can turn it off, is they look at the system, it goes off to a website, it confirms that the website hasn't got any updates. And if it has, it comes back and says version whatever is now available, would you like to download it and install it? Now, when it comes to people like me, I have a brain like a sieve. So if I open up, um, a Java application or Adobe application that comes up and says you need to update your system, great. Now I can do two things. The first thing I can do is I can open it up because I've got a mind like a sieve, do whatever I need to do, close it down and then open it up again and patch it. Or I can patch it straight away. I open up my application, it downloads the, uh, the update, I apply the update. Steam is probably one of the best uh, systems that you'll see doing this. Every time you restart it, it usually has an update. Automated systems, again, can be used within an organization or environment. And most managed service providers or IT departments are implementing some sort of patch management system because patch management is something that we really need to address from a business perspective. There's a couple of other things about patching. Now, in 2018, there were 16,555 vulnerabilities discovered on applications and operating systems in, in that year. So it shows that we have this major problem. It's not just a case of finding uh, an issue, fixing the issue and moving on because vulnerabilities can be discovered like the last patch update for Microsoft was 180 odd. Um, and each one of those was a vulnerability that had to be patched. In addition to that, there's also a severe application or severe operating system update process as well. If they get a 10, on that scale, then Microsoft and Apple and Linux will push out an update as fast as possible. So it will be outside the update process, normal update process. There's also another way we can do this. We can look for vulnerabilities using a vulnerability scanner. So I can put my system into a, a, a connection. I can have a vulnerability scanner that is going to go through all of the components on my system, and it's going to check each one of those. And it'll give me a list of vulnerabilities on my system. In most cases, 
um, you will get anywhere between 20 and 150 of vulnerabilities that are on those systems. And that also uses the scale that I was talking about before, that zero to 10, and it separates them out. So I can see that these are really urgent ones I need to apply. Those ones down there, yeah, we don't need to worry about those at the moment. We will get to them, but they're not critical because they don't give us those two components. And that's really important as well. Now, large organizations automate this as much as possible and they enforce it. If a computer joins that it hasn't been updated, it will force it to update itself. Even larger organizations have separate systems. They have a production environment, which is the environment that everybody sees and everybody connects to. And that could have something like 10 or 15,000 people using that system. They also have a test environment, okay? An exact replica of what this system is. And they will then test, especially things like Exchange or SQL or SharePoint. They will test them on the system to make sure it's not gonna break things. If it doesn't, we then roll it out into the production environment. And that, that, that way we're doing a test of make sure, but there's also other things we can do. Um, security is all about security in depth. So a vulnerability has a problem, we can't patch it for some reason. So we need to put other components in place and that's your depth of security that comes into play. Because now we are protecting the system, although we know we have a vulnerability and we've looked at the risk of, of what we can do, but the decisions based on whether we are going to protect ourselves in another way is then used to, that, to create that security and depth component. In summary, patching, we need to do. We need to do it regularly because we've seen some absolutely phenomenal uh, attacks based on vulnerabilities that haven't been patched. Um, updates, patches, they uh, update vulnerabilities. They remove those vulnerabilities so the bad guys can't get that foothold. They protect against your data being attacked. Sometimes it adds additional functionality, allows your organization to get better things out of the systems. It can be used to protect others. There's um, a system in place that we can repair all these vulnerabilities through the system. We can update the software, we can replace code. In addition to that, which is something I didn't mention, is if we're using an old application and there's a newer application out there, there are, is going to be a time when this is no longer supported and the vulnerabilities then accumulate. And if you are still using it, then that creates a problem in your organization. One of the other things about um, vulnerabilities and the way computers work, if I send you a PDF and you open it up in your browser or open it up in your uh, uh, email client, the first thing that system does is it opens up Adobe Reader or Edge or whatever system you've got in place. So the computer actually helps the bad guys because if I send you a PDF, you double click on it, it's gonna open up something that reads the PDF. If I send you a Word document, it's gonna open up Word or it's gonna open up Office uh, something else. So as you can understand, all of these start adding up to the problem we've got with this digital world. We can effectively and efficiently patch. There are a number of systems out there. It's called patch management. By patching the management system or using a patch management system, it makes it a lot easier. We can document it. We can put a policy and process in place. It allows us to have control. Operating systems need to be patched. Doesn't matter what it is, whether it's an Apple, an Android, an Internet of Things device, uh, a router, a switch, a website. They all are operating systems that need to be patched as often as required. 
do it regularly. Have you, have, you, have you checked your website? Have you made sure that the website is secure? Um, and get into the habit of patching it once, once a month, once a two weeks, whatever. Just go there regularly and do it. We've been to websites that haven't been patched in five years, okay? And they are just notoriously bad because they get removed from Google, uh, all your SEO no longer works. So if you're investing thousands of dollars in SEO and you have a vulnerability that is not patched and it gets compromised, then all of that money just went to waste because Google will not allow people to go to that website. Uh, applications, we have to look at um, the, the process we can do. Most applications, when you open them, check to make sure they have got the newest version. If they haven't got the newest version, they will download it and install it. It's up to you, your choice of how you do it. You can do it before you do something with the application or you can do it after you've done whatever you needed to do with the application. And when it comes to systems, there are ways we can actually find out what vulnerabilities haven't been patched with what is called vulnerability scanning. And that way we can actually make sure that we are ahead because we're using defense in depth. So thank you very much for listening. Um, I hope that uh, you've got something out of it and now you're gonna go off and check your patching system. Uh, and just to make sure next episode, we will then continue on the conversation about security and how you can protect your organization. So thank you very much. And I'll see you next time. So thank you for listening to this episode of Need Help Ask Roger podcast. I hope that you have got some actionable information out, about, out of what we have shown you today. If there are any questions, please throw them into the comments and I will get you an answer as soon as possible. We have a promotion. For not-for-profits, non-profits, charities, and small and medium business, we have a number of free resources. Now, those free resources are free, okay? The only thing we require from you is uh, email address, first name, last name. That's it. The first one is to find out what your business security score is so that you can create a roadmap and using the, the score to work out where you are deficient and then fill in those holes. The second one is a free weekly business security webinar for not-for-profit organizations, charities, and small and medium enterprise. It is run every Friday at 10.30 and everyone is welcome. Um, that Friday, 10.30, Canberra time. And the third is a free 30-minute discovery session where we discuss your problem, okay? Now, we also apply an NDA to that because if we don't apply an NDA to it, we don't get the right information coming back from you when you're asking the questions because we will ask questions as well. Uh, questions about risk, capabilities, resilience, all of those sort of things. One of those is free, okay? So jump on them, find out where you are deficient, and then make some serious decisions about how you protect your organisation. So thank you.